everyone, Ellie Delaney with you again, welcoming you to First in Us Financial Health, Episode 7. We are here so that we can share our passion and our knowledge with you to enhance your financial health. I have Ryan Firstenaugh, the founder of Firstenaugh Financial, here with me. So welcome, Ryan. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing well. Um, in some recent episodes, we have discussed different investment account types. Uh, we want to go ahead and continue that discussion today with non-qualified investment accounts um, and some of the details surrounding them. So with that, should we begin? Yep, sounds good. All right, uh, Ryan, can you just begin by defining what that is? What is a non-qualified investment account? <clears throat> yeah, so I thought we would, uh, you know, we wanted to, we've talked about all of these retirement accounts. We've talked about IRAs and Roth IRAs and 401ks. Uh, we have talked about college accounts. And all of those are, are a qualified account in some extent. And qualified means it has uh, some tax qualifying benefits to it or, or features. Um, Non-qualified are all the other types of accounts that you might have that don't have those tax benefits. So an IRA has some tax deductions, a Roth IRA has tax-free growth. Non-qualified is just regular investing uh, without those extra tax uh, benefits and features and, and uh, details there. Okay, so what can you invest in a non-qualified investment account? Yeah, so the investments in a non-qualified account can be the exact same investments as they are in a qualified account. So you can you can invest in many different things. You might actually be able to invest in a couple more things. Some uh, retirement accounts restrict you maybe from owning some gold or silver or maybe precious metals. <clears throat> that might be an option. There might be a little more flexibility on a non-qualified account as far as some of the different types of investment vehicles uh, that you can use inside of there. Okay. So interesting. But really, you know, very similar. Okay. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the tax side of things. Um, how are they taxed? So, yeah, so like a, a retirement account has some sort of a tax advantage, be it a tax deduction on the front end or tax-free growth. Uh, a non-qualified account is, account is really taxed every year. And so that non-qualified account might have different taxable events occurring in there like a dividend. So maybe you're, you're, you have a stock and it's paying a dividend out. Well, when you have that dividend in your account, you have to pay taxes in that count after that calendar or for that tax calendar year on those dividends. Uh, it may be a bond that's paying a dividend. It may be uh, an investment that's paying interest, and you would have to pay taxes on the interest. It may be a capital gain, and just to define that kind of briefly is: let's say you invested in something for a hundred dollars, and it and it had grown to a hundred and fifty dollars, and you sold it. Well, you had a $50 gain in there. That's a taxable event. And so basically in those accounts, all of those taxable events are added up throughout the year and uh, you will have to pay taxes on them in the year that you incurred those dividends or capital gains or interest. Okay. Uh, the tax reporting that's done. Yeah, so then yeah, then you're going to get a different tax reporting. So every year okay. you're going to get what's called a 1099 uh, report. And that will come after the first of the year. And the 1099 is basically a summary of all those taxable events that you had that gets reported to the IRS and that you report on your, your tax return. Okay. 
All right. Simple enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, moving on a little bit. What does tenants in common mean? You you hear that with these types of accounts. What what does that mean? Yeah. So the ownership's a little different on uh, a non-qualified account can actually have many different types of owners. I know you're going to ask me about those. Yeah. Uh, most, well, all of the retirement accounts that we've talked about, I think, have a single owner. Right. So if I have an IRA, it's in my name. It's not in my my name and my spouse's name. Okay. It's only in my name. But non-qualified can have different owners. And that first one, tenants in common, really it could be a uh, an ownership where maybe I own it along with my friend. All right. We could both be owners on the account. And tenants in common really means that if something happens and one of us were to die. It, it, the tenants in common defines where my portion would go if I were the one to die. And okay. so tenants in common, my friend would keep his half and then my half would go off to my estate or something like that. So the account would be split into two pieces. You could give it back to the other owner though if you wanted. Well, you'd have to do, not with the tenants in common, it, it does split off. Uh. It could come back if you set if you put a, a, a beneficiary document on there, which okay. we're going to talk about. It could come back to that owner, but basically, a tenants in common gets split in two uh, when one of the owners dies. So, would you see that with spouses? Then, would you see? I mean, so the, uh, I know the next one on our list is joint tenants with rights of survivorship. Okay. You're going to see that more often with spouses. Okay. So generally with your spouse, you're going to have, and it depends on which state you're in on what type of account you, some, some accounts, uh, some states may require you to do a, a, a tenants in common. They may not allow you to do joint tenants rights or survivorship. So there's some different rules there, but, but joint tenants rights or survivorship is most common and it works just the way it sounds. I I'm invest, I'm on the account and my wife's on the account as owners. We're listed as joint tenants rights of survivorship so i die that account becomes my wife's automatically she gets the whole thing it doesn't get split into two in that scenario okay uh that makes sense you know so you could it could be that you know it could it doesn't have to be spouse it could be with your buddy or your your Mm -hmm. your kids or something you know it could be different uh people owning that it isn't exclusive to being a spouse to be a joint tenants uh investment account okay um what about TOD? What does that stand for? What does that mean? Yeah, so TOD in the financial world is transfer on death. Okay. And so if I had a joint tenant account with my wife, we could also write up a TOD uh, beneficiary designation form. And basically that would say, okay, what if my wife and I die in a car wreck? Mm-hmm. Well, who does that account go to? The TOD would spell that out and we could list our kids on there. Oh, okay. And you could be, maybe it's just an account that I own myself uh, and I list my brother as a beneficiary on there. I could use that TOD form to do that. Uh, sometimes you'll see the term POD, which is payable on death, oh. TOD, transfer on death. Those documents do the same thing. Okay. Generally, you'll see a payable on death like in a, in a bank setting. Yeah, that's what I'm more familiar with. I guess. Yeah. So I was like, oh, it's TOD. Yeah, it's the same thing. Okay. And, and in uh, the investing uh, financial world, you're going to see a TOD for transfer on death. Okay. Thank you. Um, so still on, on ownership here, can you help me understand 
corporate ownership of this type of account. Yeah, so you can, I mean, in addition to just being individually owned or joint owned, uh, maybe you have a company that you've created and that company is, you know, Bob's, you know, plumbing supplies, I don't know, but Bob's plumbing supplies (laughs) Mm -hmm. wants to be investing for some reason. Uh, The owner could be Bob's plumbing supplies. And so it doesn't have to be an individual person. It could be an entity, which is mm-hmm. what a, a corporation would be, or an LLC, or an S corp, or something like that. Okay. Uh, tax rules then are going to go according to uh, that corporate tax structure, right? So uh, maybe Bob is the owner of the corporation, but depending on how that corporation is set up, you know, he may be paying different taxes because the corporation owns it versus him individually. And there are a lot of complicated things there depending on how the corporation's set up. Uh, but maybe he's, maybe Bob is having his company own it because it provides some advantage uh, tax-wise as well, could be, potentially. Okay. Um, and how about a trust owning the account? You can have a trust ownership as well. So you might, uh, you might have, uh, as part of your estate planning, decided that, hey, we need to have a a revocable trust, for example, and the attorney may say, hey, we want to put assets in the name of the revocable trust. We don't want to be, maybe they don't want you listing very many assets in your name individually. So it may be it's, it's, it's Ryan's and spouse revocable trust that's mm-hmm. created. And that could be the owner of the account as well. Okay. Uh, and so, you know, I, and I think we have maybe a few other others here to talk about, but Really, as we continue, it's just kind of a change in ownership and change in the way that you know it's owned with all these different examples. The investments can be the same inside of there. Like I said, the tax rules might change a little bit depending on who owns it, but uh, you really investment have all... Investment rules stay the same. Yeah, the investments can be you know, really okay. the same things. Okay. Yeah, my next one here was a nonprofit owning the account, kind of the same thing, but yeah, a nonprofit. So maybe mm-hmm. a church could own the account. Maybe mm-hmm. it's a hospital that has an investment account set up, and those would be you know, maybe be nonprofit organizations. They could be the owner of the account, just like a corporation or a trust. Uh, it's just a different entity. Okay. Um, well, we're going to move on to a little bit different subject here. Um, in our most recent episode, we talked about college accounts. My question is, do people use these for that sort of thing? Yeah, you could use a regular investment account for college. So we talked about the college 529 plan, for example. So that has some tax advantages, right? So we invest in it and it gets uh, tax-free growth as long as we use it for college. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you don't know if your your kid is going to go to college. Maybe you don't want to put an account in their name specifically. Well, I might just create a, a Ryan investment account and I might say, hey, this is going to be for my kid's college or for a car or for a wedding. And it's just mm-hmm. kind of a catch-all uh, investment account. So I could own that. Uh, the one trick is kind of going back to, you know, how does that affect maybe some of the benefits, you know, my, my kids might qualify for when they get to college. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got to fill out that FAFSA form, yeah, right? Yeah, that was my next question is how, how does that affect that FAFSA? Yeah, so you have to fill that out. Well, you have to put that down as one of your assets when you, you list out the assets. Now, if it's in my name, it's going to be listed as a parent asset uh, on the parent side of things as opposed to on the kid side of things because it's not listed in their name. So in that scenario, the, the kid's 
just to back up to, to that previous episode, the yeah. kids' uh, assets count against them more than a parent's asset. So it may, it may be an advantage to have it in your name instead of in a, a like a UTMA account or uniform transfer to minor account like we talked about before. All right. Well, I don't think I have any other questions about this. This was kind of a, a short one where we just um, hit this last type of account that, that we can do, right? Yeah, so I think that kind of rounds so, out everything. Uh, you know, we, we've touched on a lot of different kinds of accounts, yeah. and uh, obviously there are a lot of nuances in there that maybe we haven't touched on. But that's the last one, and that and a lot of times, uh, you know, maybe this is the one that people start with. Hey, I just want to invest a right. hundred dollars, and I don't want to worry about IRAs or Roth IRAs, mm-hmm. all that complicated stuff. Just set me up an investment account and get me started. This is actually probably the place that a lot of people get get started with. So, so it's pretty common. Pretty common. Very yeah. common. Very common. All right. And you can start uh, what age? Oh, you can start, well, you to have an individual, well, non-qualified, a UTMA account, a minor's account, mm-hmm. uh, which we talked about a little bit before, that's, you can start that at any age, actually. And that would be a non qualified account okay uh, to be your own individually owned you have to reach the age of majority uh, which would be uh, maybe 18 or 19 depending on what state you're in okay uh, so either way you can have a non-qualified account when you're younger uh, but you have to have that custodian or that parent on there with you till you're 18 or 19 so makes sense anything you want to add before I wrap up here no I think that's it uh, we're gonna move on to some uh, other exciting mm-hmm. uh, subjects i think on our next podcast and uh we look forward to to that in a in a few weeks here you bet okay thank you ryan and thank you all for being with here being here with us i'm sorry and listening to this week's episode of first and us financial health um thanks again ryan for sharing your knowledge regarding these non-qualified investment accounts and those details inside of those We hope that all this knowledge we share with you makes it easier for you all to understand accounts, investments, and what may work best for you and your family. If you want to talk financial health between episodes, please email us at firstenoughfinancial at lpl.com. That's F-U-R-S-T-E-N-A-U-F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L at lpl.com. Please give us a call at 402-887-4302. You can visit our website at firstandoffinancial.com where you will find all about our team, what we offer, news, articles, and many more resources. You can also check us out on Facebook. The opinions voiced in this show podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, Consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. All investing involves risk, including loss of principal. No strategy assures success or protects against loss.